Welcome to the Weight Loss and Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have an extra special episode. It is episode number 100. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that we have got to episode number 100. My goodness. I feel so proud that there's a hundred episodes of value for you and there's so much goodness, so much fun, so much learning and so much of me loving you through these podcasts and I love that they are all free of charge and I think of them as my seva in this world. Seva means when you are giving without expectation and this is a pillar in my religion and I feel really proud of that. So I feel so super blessed to be able to have created this and to actually really embody this and to really celebrate this, I am going to do a whole month of celebrations. So the next two episodes will be um, special episodes about the impact of coaching. So 100 impacts of coaching over the next two episodes. So I'm going to split it up into two episodes because I don't think I'll be able to get through all 100 on this one podcast. So I'm going to be releasing next week's podcast with 50 to 100. And then the reason why I want to do a whole month is because episode 104 will actually be two years of podcasting. So this is a whole month of celebration. And the reason why I wanted to really highlight the importance of celebration is because celebration is so important in your weight loss journey. Most of us don't celebrate enough and most of us don't have fun on the weight loss journey. We often think that weight loss is hard, it's boring, it's tough. And remember, it's your thoughts that create your results. So when you're thinking these thoughts, these are the results you're going to create. So this is why I wanted to show you how to celebrate. It's going to be a month of celebration. It's going to be a party and you're going to learn how to celebrate in your weight loss and have fun along the way. So I am doing a special call for you on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, which is the 3rd of May, and it's going to be a special call with some teaching about celebration, the specific neuroscience, some coaching, and a whole lot of truth bombs that's gonna just make you, it's just gonna blow your mind about how you can celebrate along the way and how you can make your weight loss fun. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be something that you dread. It doesn't have to be something that feels impossible for you. It can actually be something that you look forward to. Like. Imagine the difference in how you approach your weight loss when you are actually enjoying it. What? Yeah. So many of my clients come in and they're worried. 
But then they create a doable plan for themselves that they're able to stick to. They actually enjoy what they're putting on their plan and they're losing weight. So they make it super fun for themselves. And I will be teaching you how to make your weight loss fun and how to celebrate yourself along the way. So if you have not joined my email list, my mailing list, then the only way to get the link for this call will be to be on my mailing list. I send useful emails. I send lots of um, tips and tricks. I send my thoughts about a coaching call that I may have um, done that I think may be useful for you. So there's going to be a lot of value that you're going to get from being on the ma- on the a- mailing list. You also get first dibs on any of my new offers and any like challenges or anything that comes out. And you also know every time a new podcast airs. So this is why you want to join the mailing list. You want to be on there. So if you go to the link in the show notes, you will be able to join the email list. Okay. One more thing. If you haven't joined the group coaching program, I just wanted to know, wanted you to know that I have extended enrollment for one week because the live event is now going to be on the 7th of May. So I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many ladies who still want to join. And so now you have until the 5th of May to join. I have a few consult slots available. So if you are interested and you wanted to make this happen, then you can either send me a message or you can book a free consult and we can really see if coaching is going to be a good fit for you and if the group coaching program is the thing that is going to help you along the way. Okay, so let's get into this week's episode. So I'm going to get started on the 100 ways coaching has impacted me. So I wrote them down without too much thinking because I know that otherwise my procrastination and my perfectionism would kick in. So I've just written them down and I'm just gonna like talk through them, but not go into too much detail because otherwise we'll be here all day. (laughs) And you know how much I love to talk. Okay, so number one, one of the ways coaching impacted me was that I realized I could achieve any goal that I really wanted to. I never thought that I could lose weight. And when I was actually able to know that my thoughts create my results, I was like, oh, what would it be like if I, you know, did the same thing with weight loss and actually thought in a way that would help me lose weight? And when I was able to do that with weight loss, which is something that I'd been struggling for for over three decades, I knew I could use the same tools in any area of of my life. Number two, I realized that my excuses often seemed very valid, but they were just thoughts that I believed again and again and again. And I could change them if I wanted to. This made me take radical responsibility over the results I was creating in my life, how I was thinking, how I was, how I was feeling, what I was doing and what results I created. So that was a bit of a deep one for me. Number three, I started trusting my body and listening to my body's wisdom. Now, this was huge. As a very intellectual person, very cognitive person, it was very hard for me to listen to my body. I was like, what? What do you mean, listen to your body? Feel my emotions? What? Feel my hunger? I was like, I was not having any of it. But the way I was doing it before didn't 
work. It wasn't working. So I was like, okay, what would happen if I just gave it a go? I gave it a go and it changed my life. So it can change yours too. Number four, hunger is never an emergency. I could feel a bit of, hung- bit of hunger and I didn't die. <laughs> now listen, before I used to think that hunger was an emergency and that I could not feel hungry. I had lots of thoughts about hunger, like I shouldn't be hungry, it's gonna ruin my metabolism and all of this. But actually I realized along the way that hunger is never an emergency. When I'm hungry, my body just accesses its fat stores and I'm not gonna die. So I wasn't feeling hungry on purpose, but if I did feel a bit of hunger, I didn't make it mean that it was the end of the world. Number five, emotions, especially the ones that I had been avoiding, they felt bad, but not feeling them felt even worse. I was able to feel bored and not need to eat. And that changed my life. It still changes my life every single day. I often don't want to record a podcast. I often don't want to write a post. I often don't want to do so many of the things that will help all of you. And not from a place of not wanting to help you, but from a place of my my brain being human brain as well, being like, nah, it's okay, just sit and chill, <laughs> right? So I can feel bored and still do the thing. I can feel that discomfort in my body and I don't need to rush and get a snack to give me energy. I don't need to go and check what's in the fridge and get a handful of whatever berries or something that I would normally eat, right? Number six, after feeling bored, I was so much more creative. And so my creativity and some of the best things that I created were after I was willing to feel bored. So whenever my brain would normally go to, oh, you're feeling bored, go and get a snack. I would remind myself that it's okay to feel bored. And actually when I felt bored, on the other side of that was me accessing my creativity. So I allowed myself to feel bored. Number seven, I could go on an all-inclusive holiday and not gain weight. And it was just by focusing on a few of the basic steps. The one thing that I did when I went on an all-inclusive holiday was I ate when I was hungry and I stopped when I was full and I didn't gain any weight. What? I ate foods that were off my protocol. I was eating probably more than I would normally eat and different foods and I still didn't gain weight because I just focused on one of the six steps. I didn't even do all of them. I just did one of them. Number eight. I could admit my mistakes to my husband and I didn't need to get defensive. And I realized that being defensive just meant that I agreed a little bit with what he was saying. So when he would say to me, um, you haven't been there with the kids as much this week. Normally, what I would have been like was get defensive. And I would say things like, what, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working so hard in the business. Or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. And that would be my defensive like wall coming up. But I realized that the only reason I was feeling defensive is because I could see some truth in what he was saying and that was actually making me feel guilty that I wasn't there with my kids as much that week. And so when I could actually admit to my mistakes and just be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I agree with that bit of what you're saying. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. But when I can see the truth in what he was saying, that defensive wall went down and I I was allowing myself to access my vulnerability 
access my vulnerability and that changed everything for me. So now we don't argue as much because I'm able to say, hey, yeah, you're right. I'm able to say sorry when I've done something wrong because I am able to see that I'm only human and I don't need to be perfect at this. There is no perfect and that's okay. Number nine, I believed I could impact people more as a coach than as a doctor and I left clinical practice. This one was huge for me. This is one of the impacts of coaching that literally blow my mind every single day. I was what Indians call at the top of the you know, job ladder, if you think about it. Like Indians often think of being a doctor, being a lawyer, being an engineer, you know, those kinds of things as the top. And I was going from the top to being a life coach. People don't even know what a life coach is. They're like, wait, what? What are you doing? You've spent so much time. You've spent so much energy. You've spent so much money learning how to be a doctor. Now you're going to give all of that up? And that was really, really, really big for me to believe that I could impact more people and help more people as a life coach than I could as a doctor. And having my own back and trusting myself was huge. Number 10, I allowed myself to live my purpose in this world. What? My mission is important and it's okay that I add to my legacy every single day with every single post, with every single podcast, with every single interaction with a patient or with a client. Oh my goodness. This like lights a fire under me. Like I feel so passionate about this, that I am allowing myself to live that purpose. God put me on this earth to do something and I'm doing it. I'm so proud of myself about that. Number 11, I can make time for things that are important to me. So an example of that is my morning walk. It is important to me to have some time alone and go and get some fresh air. And previously I used to work like all the time and I didn't make time for myself. And this time I said to myself, between nine and 10 every day, I am going to allocate that time on my calendar so that I don't do anything else until I've done my walk. That was big for me. I still sometimes struggle. I still sometimes have mind drama about, no, you need to do this work. You shouldn't be going on your walk, et cetera, et cetera. And I remind myself that I'm making time for things that are important to me. And that has been really big. Okay, number 12. I started weight training after telling myself that I was weak and I wasn't a weightlifter. (laughs) This was fun for me because Rick, my husband, is training me and... I knew that this is going to be something that I really struggled with. And I said to him, hey, I know that this is going to be something I really struggled with because I've got this story that I'm not a weightlifter. And you know what? I said to him, I'm going to need your help, but I really want to make this happen because I want to be able to carry the boys. I want to be able to, you know, strengthen my lower back that sometimes hurts. And so I started weight training, even though for so long I told myself I wasn't a weightlifter. So proud of that. Number 13, I understood that I I have ADHD and I've had it all my life. And within a few months of understanding that I have ADHD, I was able to understand my brain so much better and not beat myself up about being lazy or being scatty or forgetting things or turning up to events late because of my time blindness. I mean, it's been, it's still work in progress, 
but I am much, much, much better at understanding my own brain and giving myself some grace. That is huge. Number 14, I'm able to sit with my kids and just hug them. I don't need to rush to do the next thing on my to-do list all the time. Now, this is also work in progress because I often feel that I'm just rushing and rushing and rushing and rushing. And I think as women, we are socialized to believe that we must be able to do everything. So it is, this one is a little bit of a tough one for me, but I do allow myself to just sit with my kids sometimes and just hug them, especially in the mornings. Oh my gosh, best time of the day for me. And I I tell them that as well. And I just really soak in that moment and it feels amazing. Number 15, I'm able to feel the discomfort of being seen in a very big way. So being on stage, accepting awards for my coaching, masterminding with the world's top coaches, that is really being visible. And often I have this story about, no, no, you shouldn't be seen, you shouldn't like, um, you know, stand out or anything, you should be blending in being like everyone else and just allowing myself to be seen and taking up space in this in this way was really really uncomfortable and it still is a lot of the time and I'm constantly allowing myself to grow into that new version of myself and feel that discomfort along the way so that I can help so many of you and I can empower you to like live your best and most um, authentic, purposeful life as well. Number 16, I allowed myself to work on my money scarcity. Being willing to spend on myself, I was like, that, that blew my mind. I've bought myself a few designer bags. So I've got one Gucci Marmont and I've got two YSLs. And I've always loved like really nice things, but I never allowed myself to spend on myself, even when I had the money. And so for me to allow myself to have some nice things has been quite big. And I'm actually working on buying my first Chanel. It's coming and I'm going to tell you about it when I do it. It's so fun. Number 17, I allow myself to do nothing and I don't tell myself that I'm being lazy that changed everything for me. For so long, I had that story that I'm being lazy because I can't keep up with everything in the house or everything that my mum used to do, for example. And now I allow myself and and just be okay with doing nothing and I don't make it mean that I'm being lazy. This is also work in progress, but it's so much better than it was. The reason I keep saying this is work in progress is because I want you to realize there is no like end point to this. It doesn't mean that because I've got the life coaching tools, I'm healed. No, this is something that you're going to keep working on and just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And even as someone who is so into these tools and um, becoming a, a more evolved version of myself, even I am not like exactly where I want to be for the rest of my life. I know that this is a constant evolution and I'm okay with that. And I actually love that, right? Number 18, I can go to a restaurant and I don't feel deprived. Even when other people are ordering dessert and other things, if I 
go to a restaurant, I eat what I want to eat and I don't feel deprived because I know the feeling of deprivation comes from my thinking, not from what is on my plate. And that has been everything because I can feel so empowered when I go to a restaurant. I can feel in control. I can feel calm. I can feel connected to the people I'm talking to. And I just don't feel deprived. So fun. Number 19, I'm able to really get on with my mother-in-law. And this is after a decade of a rocky relationship. So, so mind-blowing. I went in for weight loss with life coaching and this is one of the impacts that I had. I was able to manage my mind with with regards to my mother-in-law. And I never knew that that was going to happen. But I allowed her to be her and I allowed me to be me and it changed everything. And actually, very soon, I'm going to be releasing a course on how to get on with your mother-in-law without her changing because I coach on this so much in the group coaching program. And I want to make sure that if you are struggling with this, that you can get the help with this as well. So stay tuned for that. Number 20, I allowed my mother-in-law to be her without assuming the worst intent, by assuming good good intent. And I didn't need her to be any different. Number 21, I realized that my hardship can turn into strength. I can be in a room with my mother-in-law. I can go for walks alone with her. And this is from being where we couldn't even be in the same room with each other. What? Blows my mind every single day. I'm able to say no to her and I'm able to miss her call and be honest about calling her back. Because before I used to be like, oh, I've got to call her back, call her, got to call her back, got to call her back, got to call her back. And now I'm like, ma, I was busy with work. And so I will call you back later. And she also knows that I'm quite forgetful and I may not call her back later. And I just, I'm just honest with that as well. Oh, you know what? I was meant to call you and I just forgot. And I can be okay with that. She may have thoughts about that and that's okay. But now, the, because I'm being honest with her, I'm just being myself, it is so much easier. I'm not people pleasing her anymore. Number 22, I don't apologize profusely for being late to social gatherings. With the ADHD and the time blindness, which means I think that something is going to take a certain amount of time, but I drastically underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take. And then I end up not scheduling enough time and I end up being late. This is often to social gatherings and when I am with other people, like going with other people, like my kids or my husband. And now I just own it. And I try and plan my time in a way that actually helps me. And I just don't beat myself up so much about it. When my cousins say to me, oh, um, you're late again. I just say, yeah. I don't try and like apologize and say, oh, you know what, this happened. Sometimes I do because also this is work in progress, but not all the time, which is huge for me, huge. Number 23, I say no to so much more stuff out of love. I get to say no and I'm not trying to offend the other person. I'm trying to look after me. And so I can say no with love. Number 24, I get so much more stuff done and I realize that it doesn't need to be perfect. The more I try and be perfect with something, the less 
I am able to show up and help all of you. And so I allow myself to be imperfect. And I think that's why so many of you are attracted to me because you know that I laugh at my own jokes, that I probably use the wrong words sometimes and I just show up how I am. And yeah, and I'm quite vulnerable with with talking about, you know, my imperfections. And because I don't beat myself up about that and I don't say that I need to be perfect, I get way more content out and I help so many more of you. Number 25, I feel like I found the secret to life and it really is my honor to share it with the world about taking responsibility over your mind, about learning how to control your mind and access what your thoughts are creating in your body, which emotion it's creating. And from there, looking at what do I do from that place? What don't I do? And then what results does that create? It has literally unlocked this secret that I never knew before. And it's given me ownership and It has allowed me to take responsibility over my life and that is everything. Number 26, it keeps paying me back when I invest in my brain and my body. This is so important to me because I never used to want to invest in myself, but now I realize that when I invest in my brain and my body, I keep getting the benefit from that and it keeps paying me back again and again and again and again and again and so I keep doing it and as you know I've mentioned on the podcast several times I'm going to have a coach for the rest of my life because I know that I'm so much more loving and productive and you know living the life that I want to live and only a coach who's external to me can show me my mind sometimes because I am an excellent coach I'm really good at self-coaching But sometimes I'm so deep in it that I can't see it. And so I want someone external to show that to me. And I love being able to do that. Number 27, I can be still and not need to distract myself with food, social media, TV, radio. I can literally just be washing. Okay, let's be honest. I don't wash the dishes that much. Rick does that. (laughs) Okay, I can be cooking and I don't need the radio on. What? I can just be with my own thoughts and I don't need to distract myself from all the thoughts in my brain. That's been really huge for me. In fact, sometimes it's actually triggering for my nervous system when too much is going on. And so I actually love the silence. With my ADHD brain, my thoughts are like whizzing around in my head all the time. So they like in my head. So actually, sometimes I just like to switch off and not have any distractions so social media radio anything like that and I just just um in silence and it's bliss for me number 28 one of the impacts that has made a huge huge impact on my life is that I shout so much less at my kids what yeah I went in for weight loss and I shout much less at my kids and this is because I am dealing with the things that were stressing me out in my life and I wasn't pushing those stresses down with food and numbing them out. I was actually, I'm actually dealing with them now. I'm actually feeling those emotions that I used to want to avoid by eating the food. And so, because I'm getting to that root cause for me, I am able to manage my emotions better and I don't need to shout and react to my emotions to my kids. now work in progress. (laughs) I'm human and I have two active boys. And yes, I do shout, 
but it's just so much less and that's changed like my whole family's life. Number 29, I'm okay with my children having meltdowns and having big emotions. And I think that this is because I'm okay with me having big emotions. What? So, so amazing. Number 30, Rick and I always have time for a hug multiple times a day. That connection is that natural pleasure that I love so much. And I love just hugging one of the most important people in my life. And we hug for over 15 seconds, the oxytocin is released and we really feel connected. So I make sure I make time for that. He sometimes says to me, is there time? And I'm like, always, yes, of course there is, right? Number 31, I ask for help with the things that I need support with. And I don't shame myself for that. So for example, with my business, I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to speak to people on the phone. I had no idea. So I got help with that. I didn't know how to lift weights. So I got help with that. When you are asking for support for things that you need need help with, like you asking for support for weight loss, it is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. People who are strong and brave ask for help. And so I can imagine that it's very hard to ask for help. But when you can see yourself as worthy of making that change, you will ask for help. You don't have to do it on your own. No one can do it on their own, right? You don't um, expect yourself to learn how to drive by yourself you hire a driving instructor to teach you, right? It's the same thing. I am just your weight loss instructor. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay, number 32. I feel so much more connected to God. Now, I'm a Hindu. I'm a practicing Hindu. And I wouldn't say I was very, very religious or spiritual, but I feel like I've become way more spiritual. And I feel so much more connected to God. I feel that God put me on this earth to do this work and that my program is actually a co-creation between me and him. I feel that this is sacred work that I'm doing. And my clients say the same thing. They're like, whoa, you've just blown my mind. You've just changed my life in this one call. And I'm like, yes, this is like literally sacred work. And I feel so much more connected to God. I have a chat with him more often. We, we liaise and That may sound strange to some of you who don't have that connection. You may believe in God, you may not believe in God, but for you, look at, do you think that there's a wider power or do you believe in the universe or do you believe in other energies? If you do, you can use whichever one resonates with you. Number 33, I celebrate myself so much more, even the little things, which is why I'm having this celebration month. So fun. I'm so excited about that. I, number 34, I'm okay for people to think things about me that are wrong. So I often say, I can't control how people are going to respond and they're welcome to be wrong about me. I've had some, oh, which is number 35. I can survive having haters and I can show up for the people who love me. So for all of you, right? I've had some haters on social media platforms and sometimes on email 
And initially, it really, 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 really used to affect me. And I used to hide for months and months on end. And the more it started happening, the more I started realizing that if I can survive this, then I can survive anything, right? Being hated on, on a public platform, you know, being very visibly hated on, that really like triggered my nervous system. And if I could survive that and show up for the people who actually want want this, who want to hear from me, who love me, that really enabled me to like level up my game and like really have my own back through this and connect to why I'm doing this. Number 36, I've learned how to feel disappointed again and again and again and again and again. And I realized it's okay. It's normal to feel disappointed sometimes. And that doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. It just means I'm human and it's completely normal. Number 37, building a business is a skill set that I can learn and that I'm really, really good at. Initially, I used to say to myself, I have no idea about building a business. I don't know what I'm doing. And I realized that actually building a business is just a skill set. And I'm really good at learning and I'm really good at applying. And I can get good at any skill set. All I need to know is how do I manage my mind, which I already know how to do. And I get, get help with my coaches. I have multiple coaches who help me manage my mind. And then I just follow a repeatable process that allows me to get the results that I want. So this is the same thing with you in your weight loss journey. You are capable of losing the weight. Losing weight is a skill. And if it's a skill, it's something that you can learn. And it's something that you can get really, really, really good at, no matter what has happened in your past. All you've got to do is learn how to manage your mind, which I will be teaching you in the group coaching program and learn the six step process and keep applying it again and again and again. And this is exactly what we do in the group coaching program. So remember, if you are thinking about joining, make sure you join before the 5th of May and we have the live event on the 7th of May. So go to the link in the show notes to sign up www.amrutycoaching.com forward slash group. Where did I get up to? Um, Oh yeah, number 38. I am in control of everything I think, everything I feel, everything I do, and the results I create in this world. This was a huge one for me because when I realized that I'm in control of all of these things that I didn't like, I realized that if I'm in control of that, I could change that. Initially, I when I started learning this, I would blame myself like, oh, it's your fault. But now I realize that it doesn't have to be a blame game. It can just be that, oh, if this is in my power, then I get to do something about it. And that gives me my power back, which is so fun. So the same thing with you in your weight loss. You may think that I don't have control over this. It's just not working for me but you have control of everything you think, everything you feel, everything you do, and the results you create in your life. So if you don't like the result of your current weight, you get to change that. And this is something that I will help you do. 
Number 39, other people can't make me feel anything. This is big <laughs> because I used to blame my kids for annoying me. And sometimes I even used to say to them, stop annoying me. And because they're sons of a life coach, they often say to me, mommy, we can't annoy you. You're being, you're feeling annoyed because of a thought you're thinking. And I'm like, what? They're like five and seven and they're teaching me how my mind works. <laughs> it's actually pretty phenomenal. So yeah, other people can't create that for me. They can't make me feel anything. I'm feeling this because of a thought I'm thinking about them. And this allowed me to take my power back and not blame my husband, not blame my mother-in-law, not blame my kids, not blame anyone for how I'm feeling. And I get to just take responsibility for, I'm feeling this way because of a sentence in my brain, because of a thought I'm thinking. Number 40, mind work is important, but body work and learning how to access my body's wisdom is even more important. This was huge for me as a very cognitive person. I didn't understand the body work. I thought it was very woo. I thought it was not something for me. And I was welcome, like I was so glad that I was open to being wrong about that. Because when I was open to being wrong about that, that's when everything started changing for me. Because I started incorporating body work and things started changing in my life. I started feeling my emotions. I started understanding my body's hunger signals and paying attention to them. I started feeling my urges in my body. It was huge. Number 41, my nervous system is trying to look after me. And so my stress responses, the fight, flight, freeze and fawn, they're trying to keep me safe. If you wanted to remind yourself about the stress responses in weight loss, go to episode number 52 that one will help you understand the different stress responses in weight loss. So when I realize that my nervous system is trying to look after me and it's trying to keep me safe, I can actually be at peace when this is happening. I can just notice it. I can be with myself through it. I can really help myself through it. Number 42, I can wake up and do what I said I was going to do even if I didn't want to. This happens every day when I wake up and I don't want to do my thought download. I'm like, nah, I don't need to do that today. I don't want to plan my food. So even as a weight loss coach, I don't want to do it. And the skill that I have learned is I am way more successful when I do what I say I'm going to do, even when I don't want to do it. And this is what you're going to learn in the group coaching program. You're not going to want to plan your food and you'll do it anyway. You're not going to want to feel your urges and you'll do it anyway. You're not going to want to evaluate your plans. You'll do it anyway. You're not going to want to pay attention to your hunger signals and you'd do it anyway. And the reason why this is so important is because when you can understand that there's a part of you that doesn't want to do it, that primitive part of your brain, but there's also a part of you that really does want to do it, which is that prefrontal cortex that's thinking of the greater goal of weight loss and emotional wealth, then you will decide which one do I want to pay attention to right? 43. I can think more about the end result than avoiding the discomfort in the moment. This is big because this allows me to access that prefrontal cortex, that higher part of my brain, that human part of my brain that 
is thinking of my greater goal rather than that primitive brain that wants me to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how I am. So when I can think more about that end result that I want to create instead of trying to push away discomfort in the moment by eating the food or by watching the Netflix instead of following my calendar or by scrolling on on social media instead of writing a post. When I can think more about that end result rather than avoiding the discomfort in the moment, magic is created. And this is possible for you too. This is something that I teach again and again and again in the group coaching program. Number 44, the more I love on myself, the more I empower my clients to love on themselves. The more I empower all of you to allow yourselves to love yourselves. And initially I used to think, oh gosh, you know what? This is like, it's so like selfish, um, so arrogant, like who loves themselves? That's just very weird. But it's only because we live in a society that wants us, like it normalizes shaming ourselves and complaining and things like that. But it doesn't normalize being kind to ourselves and loving ourselves. It just doesn't. And so we are changing that. In the group coaching program, we love on ourselves and not in a way like, we are being arrogant or anything. Because the difference between arrogance and self-love, self-love is I love me and I love you. Arrogance is I think I'm better than you. So when you're loving on yourself, you're not thinking you're better than others. You're just enjoying being you and loving you being you, right? So it's nothing to do with anyone else. So that's why self-love is not arrogant. It's just a basic human need. Number 45, the beauty of seeking help. I realized it's harder to ask for help than hide away and assume that everything is okay. And so I knew that I had to really use courage. I had to really use the like embracing of discomfort to seek help, to say, hey, I'm struggling with something. It helped me in my marriage when I was able to be vulnerable with Rick and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. It helped me in my relationship with my mother-in-law when I was able to really be vulnerable and tell her how I was feeling. It enabled me to seek help with hiring my first life coach and continually hiring coaches after that because I saw the beauty of seeking help, seeking help from an expert who knows what they're doing and can help me. And actually, it's okay to ask for help. Number 46, One of my things that I picked up was that failure is crap. It's not fun at all. But staying stuck where I was is way, way, way worse. So if there's discomfort either way, failing but actually growing versus staying stuck and just not moving any further forward, I always, always, always choose the failure where I can learn from it and keep going, learn from it and keep going, which is number 47. Failure turns into learning and it gets me there faster. When I was able to embrace failure, it just showed, I just thought of failure as, this just means that I'm giving it a go and I am going all in and I'm willing to fall flat on my face as many times as it takes so that I can help that one woman realize that she doesn't have to suffer the way she's suffering. She doesn't have to talk to herself the way she's talking to herself about her body, about her food. She doesn't have to go through all of that emotional turmoil 
that she's going through right now. And if I am willing to feel the discomfort and fail, fall flat on my face so many times, then I am able to get up and I am able to write an email so I can reach her. This is how so many of you found me, right? Because I showed up. I failed and I keep failing every single time and I still keep showing up. Number 48. Sometimes I choose to eat dessert and sometimes I choose not to. This was really fun because I get to eat dessert when I feel like eating dessert and sometimes I don't want dessert. So I can really just pay attention to my body. I can pay attention to the plan that I made which always sets me up for success. And it feels so fun to be able to do that. Number 49, I'm never missing out. When I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so fun. I'm always gaining something bigger when I honor myself. That blew my mind. I'm like, what? I'm always gaining something bigger when I honor myself. I'm building up that relationship with myself that it's okay to do something that I really, really, really want. And not like eating the food or watching the Netflix or anything like that, not like escaping, but doing something that's super meaningful that really means something to me, like becoming a coach or coaching any of you, right? Number 50. It's safe to be different and it's safe to be me. This really, really, really hit home. It's okay to be different. I was made to to be different. I wasn't made to be the same as everyone else. I was made to be me, right? So when I realized that, it changed my entire life. Now, I can go on and on and on, but this is why I made this a two-part episode because it's already been over 45 minutes. So I'm going to stop here and next week I'm going to go through number 50 to 100 of the impacts of coaching and I hope you will join me for that. And in the meantime, I want you to join the mailing list so that you can get emailed the link to the podcast celebration party where we are celebrating 100 episodes, where we are learning how to incorporate celebration and fun into our weight loss. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be on Wednesday. Let me just quickly check the date. Wednesday, the 3rd of May at 1 p.m. BST. Get on the mailing list and you will get the link for that. And I would love for you to join me there live bring your you can you can bring your favorite drink you can dress up if you feel like it and let's really celebrate you and make celebration part of your weight loss journey so that you can make it fun for you and listen if you haven't joined the group coaching program and you're still thinking like oh my gosh I really would like to then you still have a week to join Enrollment closes on the 5th of May. We have the live event on the 7th of May. So there's still time for you to join. I would love to put some of these things into practice for you too, so that you can have these similar impacts and create your own impact every single day for the rest of your life. There is no reason to wait. Come and join us now. I can help you. 
And I would love to help you have this kind of impact on your life too. So go to the link in the show notes and you will be able to either join directly or book a free consult. The link is www.amruticoaching.com forward slash group. I would love to have you there. All right, see you next week. Bye. For more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.